Yud Gimel Shvat is the yard site of the Rebetzin Sterne Sora, the Rebetzin of the Rebbe Rashab and the mother of the Friedike Rebbe. So the Rebbe starts off by saying that the Rebetzin, the Tzadikus, whose yard site it is, was from those that would copy over the memorium of the Rebbe Maharash. Since the Rebbe Maharash was very, very organized, and they knew exactly his Seder Hayyim, the schedule of his day, including the times that he would go out for a walk, etc. So they would sneak in when he would go out for this walk, after they would set up a Shoymer, a guard, to make sure, to check if he's coming back, and they would copy over the manuscripts of Chassidus, and in this way they copied many, many of these manuscripts. One of the people that, ma- that copied it over, as said, was the Rebbetz and the Tzadikas, whose Yorzeit it is. The Freed Karebbe had copies, those copies that the Rebbetz wrote from Maimorim of the Rebbe Maharash, and he kept that together with the Hanochois, with the writings that the Rebbe Rashab wrote. The Friedrich Rebbe related that he himself also acted in a similar way with the Rebbe Rashab, that he would go and take and copy Mamorim. And one time his father caught him copying these Mamorim. And the Rebbe Rashab said, Am I already not a balabayis? Am I sort of don't have a control even in my own house? And the Friedrich Rebbe felt very, very bad as a result of this. And he asked for a tikkun. After some time, the Rebbe Rashab, in fact, gave him permission and the right to access all of these manuscripts. And in fact, when he would travel, he would even give him the key to those, um, to those closets where he kept these memorim. The Rebbe says, seemingly it's not understood. Surely the Rebbe Maharash um, was able to assume, and perhaps even know for, knew for sure, that they're copying these manuscripts when he's traveling, because he knew the Rebbe Rashab. He knew his tremendous desire to these memorim of Chassidus. And if that's the case, then the question is, if he did not want these writings to be copied over, he could have secured it in a way that it would be impossible to copy over. And if he actually didn't care, then he could have given permission directly. Why did it have to come about in this specific way? In a similar way is the question regarding the writings that the Friedrich Rebbe wrote from the Rebbe Rashab's things. Why did it have to come in this way without official permission? So the Rebbe says we could explain it in the following way. In the second Maimer that was said, after the Hemshech of Maimorim of Rosh Hashanah, of the Friedrich Rebbe, in the year Tofresh Tzadik Dalad, and was printed in the year that the Rebbe is speaking in Tofshin Yudalov. So there's a Maimer from Parshas Vayishlach that starts off with the words Vayoymer, Vagoymer Yisroel Yishmecha. And there, it's explained the reason that the brachas of Yitzchok to Yaakov had to come, dafke in a way of mirma, sort of in a tricky way. Yes, it's true that it says that it means with the wisdom, with the cleverness of his Torah, but nevertheless, the Torah does refer, it, refer to it as mirma, as if there was some sort of trick over here. As the Apostlech says, that your brother has come through this sly and tricky way and took your bracha. And it's explained over there because the way the sparks of holiness had fallen down through the Chet Tzadas also came in a sly and tricky way. As it says, that the, that the Nachosh was sly. And therefore, the way it need these sparks need to be elevated, elevated through Yaakov, which is similar to Adam Arishain, is that he also takes the brachos 
from Esav specifically in this way of Mirma, in this sly way, as it says in the Pasukim, Ikesh Tispatol, the Dafka with someone that acts in a crooked way, then you act in a similar way back to him. The Rebbe says that we could explain also the words of Rivka to Yaakov. When she tells him to go ahead and get the brachos, she says to him, The curses that Chas V'sholim would come to you, I'm taking upon myself. But the question is, what kind of comfort is this to Yaakov Avinu? Any child, especially someone that Yaakov is concerned about his mother, so what's going to be the benefit by his mother saying that I'll accept a curse upon myself? And yet we see that this somehow did cause that Yaakov should go ahead and do this. So the explanation in this briefly is that when you need to go and take these kind of brachis from such a place that's completely higher than Seichel, a place that's higher than the choice and the rotzoin of the one giving, so then it also has to be by the one receiving the bracha has to have the proper keli, not an union of seichel and logic, but rather a, a, a movement, an emotion of Mesiras Nefesh, to put himself in Sakana. And this is what Rivka was telling to Yaakov. I'm ready to even accept the curses. And on the contrary, this is an Indian that needs Mesiras Nefesh. And it only is accepted and received through Mesiras Nefesh, not through Tam Vadas. And this, when Rivka acted in this way, that caused that Yaakov too should be in a mode of Mesiras Nefesh. And in a similar way now we can understand regarding Torah generally, specifically regarding Primis HaTorah Chassidus, as in this case, copying over these manuscripts. That there's actually a greater way when it comes in a way of, of, of slyness and tricks of Kedusha. In other words, not with the knowledge of the one giving, and in a way of Mesiras Nefesh, on the part of the recipient, because he's putting himself in danger of Chas V'Shalem, having some sort of Kpeda from the Rebbe, etc., this idea that through Mirma, through this trickery, you come to a very, very high level, the free Rebbe explains in the Mimer of the Hilula, that the idea is that we need to take the Shtus of Klippa and transform it to Shtus of Klusha, because through, by transforming the Shtus of Klippa, we actually reach to a much higher level than that which we get through Tam Vadas, through logic. The Shtus of Kedusha, which is completely higher than all the logical levels of Kedusha. And based on this, we can explain what the Friedrich Rebbe says in the Mimer of the Hilula, regarding Ikar Shechina Betachtoinim Hoiso, that the main Gilui of Alikus was in the Beis HaMikdosh. And he says the proof is, as it says, And we know it doesn't say in it, but rather inside of each and every Yid. And the question is, What's the proof from the fact that the Shechina is dwelling in the Shomis Yisroel, the Soichel Echad Ve'echad, how does that prove that the Shechina is dwelling in the world, that Ikar Shechina Betachtoinim Hoisa, and that it was mainly in the Beis HaMikdash, just by saying that it was in the Neshamos. Seemingly, Neshamos Yisroel are Elikus, they're godly. This is how godliness is putting himself in and making himself into a Yesh. How can you bring a proof from the fact that the Shechina dwells in the Yidden for the fact that the Shechina dwells in the world? So the Rebbe says the explanation is like this, because seemingly really one could ask the question the other way around. Why do we even need V'asuli Mikdash in order that the Eivishter should dwell in each and every Yid? Seemingly, a Yid has a Neshama, a holy Neshama, Neshama, Shanasatami, Tahirahi. We are children of the Eivishter, etc., etc. So shouldn't that be enough that the Eivishter should dwell inside of the Yid? So why is there a need for V'asuli Mikdash and only then V'shachanti B'soichem?
The Rebbe says the explanation is that by the avoid of neshama on its own is an avoid shall be tam vadas, an avoid that's limited by logic. Whereas it's avoid of mesiras nefesh, the shtus of kedusha, that's revealed specifically when there's a concealment from the world, from the guf, from the nefesh of Amis. And therefore the condition to b'shachanti b'soichem. In order to have the ikashchina, not only some level and a ray and a reflection, but the ikashchina is specifically when v'asuli mish migdash. And we know that Migdash is also called a Mishkan. In other words, when we take that from the Atzei Shittim, Oimdim, those boards that are called Shittim from the word of Shtus, we take from the Shtus of Klippa and we transform it to Kedusha, as explained in the Mimer, which connects the Oirein Soif with this lowly world. And this is why, this is basically the explanation that we have need of Asuli Migdash, and only then does the Neshama connect to Hashem even in a higher way. In the next part of the Fabreng, in the next Sikha, the Rebbe said the following, by the chasana, that's referred to the Rebbe's chasana with the Rebbetzin. So the Friedrich Rebbe said that by a chasana, the neshamois of the ancestors come from Oilom up until three generations back. That's by all Yidin. And then by some Yidin, it goes further and further back. And the Friedrich Rebbe enumerated all the Rabbeim until the Alter Rebbe. Since the Friedrich Rebbe didn't enumerate further back, before the Alter Rebbe. So in the Maimer that was said on Yud Shvat, I was referring, of course, to the first Maimer of Basi Lagani, I only mentioned by name, only up until the Alter Rebbe. The Rebbe says, I was, I'm scared to mix in, and Bechlal, why should one get mixed in? Since the Rebbe didn't say more, so I didn't want to go further back. But since, nevertheless, it was sort of bothering me. So today on Yud Gimel Shvat, which is still in continuation to Yud Shvat, as emphasized in the Mimer of Hayyeshev's Beganim of Yud Gimel Shvat, that the free Rebbe gave out for Yud Gimel Shvat, which is a continuation to the Mimer of Bosi Legani of Yud Shvat. So in this Mimer, I mentioned by name all the way to the Baal Shem Tev. This idea of mentioning by name is similar to the concept that when a person is really bothered for not being able to understand the words of Razal, or he doesn't understand it enough, but by mentioning their names, the names of these, uh, of Razal, and he really, really wants to understand, then that itself has lots and lots of benefits. And also, we know that in the Beis HaMikdosh, they would speak about, they would mention, when discussing whether it was light enough outside already, the expression was that it's light all the way till Hevroin, in order to mention Osos Chusovis, and therefore a similar idea over here, in mentioning the Rabbeim.